Welcome to the first real episode of the Canteen. I'm joined here by my friend Ryan Rabinowitz. Rab, what's, up, what's good? What's, what's going up? on? I'm um, excited. I'm excited it's happening. We didn't very excited. Forever. Exciting day for camp. Exciting day for Pontiac, especially. Um, but all, but all, camp, camps. all camps in general. All camps, all camps in general. We're very excited to do this. Today, we have two amazing guests coming on the show. Our good friends and counselors. Our, our four-year counselors. Here we go. Yeah. With that, for, without Please further welcome. ado, enter the waiting room. And Max Eichler. Here we go. Jordan Grossinger and Max Eichler. Welcome, Eichler, what welcome is to up? the canteen. Welcome to the canteen. <laughs> welcome. What's How you guys doing? How we doing? Red Transformers. Whoa, Red, Transformers. Red Transformers. Wow. Like an asshole now. All right, so do you guys want to start off? Just introduce yourselves. What CIT year you were? Group leader. How many years you've been at camp? Everything. Just go ahead. Jordan. All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having us on the podcast. Of course. Really, really honored course, to be here on the first episode. My name is Jordan Grossinger. I was a CIT in 2012, Icor. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, good. I, I get a little fuzzy sometimes. 2012, our group leader back in the day, we've had a bunch of them, but Mark Carberry was the most notable. Great um, guy. And then... Luckily, graduated to the counselor life, started out with you guys as inters, and then stayed for four summers as your counselor with my buddy Max, and uh, it was a hell of a ride the whole way through. Great, Max. Max Pretty sure it's similar, but... Yeah, first off, I very much appreciate the backdrop on Kingsley's uh, camera. Very Of course, of course. Um, just like, just like Jordan, we started as freshmen in 2005 and then we were CITs in 2012 and then JCs in 2013 and our last year at camp was 2017. All right. Also, also, wait, quickly, just give us like a quick backstory. Like, what are you guys doing nowadays? Like, what's your deal? (laughs) I, I work at a startup called Harry. It's a software company. I'm a customer success manager there. Basically, uh, software for restaurants and hotels eventually might be a household name. You guys might see an IPO one day, but for now, just uh, grinding, trying to trying to make it big time. And you know, we got the Christmas break upon us, so it's been it's been a long year, lots of hard work, and now a little time off. So can't complain. And I'm in my third year of law school. Um, I got my last semester coming up. And then I study for the bar exam. And I'm starting full-time at Ernst & Young uh, in the fall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Mazel, mazel exactly. That's awesome. Boys, thank you. That's great. Of course. So let's, uh, let's get talking, right? Yeah. So we got, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, there's, there's so much for us to talk about. But let's just get down and dirty what was like what was your experience with the ci12 like what like tell us about your division you guys are a pretty long time back but at the same time you had that connection to us what are you guys about 
Well, honestly, the funny thing is, Eichler and I, growing up, we weren't that close. We weren't. We were in the same yeah. division, and we were kind of in two separate friend groups. And then when we became counselors for you guys, we kind of became like a duo, and we became super close. And you guys probably would have thought that we were best friends growing up, but it's interesting how you can be in the same division as someone and not even be that close. But then eventually, somehow down the line, we became like a power duo, so... I, it was an interesting dynamic in terms of that, at least. But, Eichler, it looks like you're ready to say something. Yeah, I mean, Jordan was kind of the kid in the division that, like, no one really liked. And, like, we all <laughs> kind of felt that we should be nice to him, you know, and because, like, he keeps coming out to camp and, you know, we feel bad. But um, and then once we became counselors together, we were like, all right, he's not too bad. I mean, honestly, it, if we're going to get vulnerable here on the pod, I was a pretty shy kid for a lot of summers growing up, like, I think camp is one of those things that helped me kind of build some confidence and learn how to, you know, public speak, how to socialize better, how to mingle with the ladies a little better, different things that I felt like maybe I was a late bloomer. And then by going back to camp year after year versus some people who maybe left and went to a teen tour, as you make it higher up in the ranks of camp, I feel like it gives you more and more experiences to actually build different skills that you may not have been able to build elsewhere. So yeah, yeah, I would agree with that as well. I don't, I don't think I was the most um, outspoken as a camper. Um, and then, you know, once you get older, you get a little more mature. And then also you, you want your counters for a while, you have a reputation and, and that kind of helps. Um, but yeah, I would say me and Jordan are both pretty similar and not the most outspoken as campers. I was yeah. um yeah i was watching old when i was like when we were getting this going like we we're watching old videos uh kingsley and i and um what do you call it oh i was watching the 2012 um color war basketball game when like ross hit that shot of course and in the background was like eichler like whispering to uh to squins and Cameron was singing the national anthem <laughs> you guys remember that it was like it was oh fun yeah watching it Dude, I mean, I remember seeing that, that game. I was a sophomore boy, didn't really know the right, my right from my left, just kind of like watching the basketball game, like waiting to see what happened. Ross <laughs> made that shot, wasn't on his team. It was pretty electric. It was kind of dope. Um, I'm sure you guys were hyping the bunk after that shot. Like, seemed pretty crazy. Yeah, um, I, I may as well have been a freshman boy too because I was just sitting there in the stand <laughs> not playing. <laughs> yeah, neither of us were actually on the floor in that, in that ball game. We, we had a great basketball division, so Eichler and I were yeah, more good. ETMC team type of guys when it came to basketball. Yeah. yeah. But, but those that was probably one of the most legendary, if not the most legendary basketball game in, in Pontiac history. That was a crazy game. Uh, it probably is, yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw recently, I think it was two years ago when Rami Hahami hit the shot from the corner to win. That I was think- also pretty crazy. I think I was visiting during that game. Do you? I think you, you were too. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, you guys you, were there. It was, um, it was Horowitz. You got you guys must have been there. We were all in the mosh pit. It was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a great experience. And also, just one more thing, like what you guys said earlier, like you weren't the best of friends in your division. Honestly, similar to me and Rab, like we had our separate friend mm-hmm. groups, and then once we became counselor together, we just became best friends, and like exactly. still stays that way yeah. now. Like 
late night talks on the porch, always like meeting with, uh, communicating with our other JCs, Mason, Harrison, just becoming boys with each other and like coming as one. I felt like that, that was a great experience. What made my JC summer like one of the best summers I had. Yeah, and I think when you look at our division that we came up in and your guys' division, there's kind of a thing where there's two separate bonks or sometimes three bonks where you got the more athletic kids, the less athletic kids, or just different cliques that form over the years. And then somehow or another, as you get older, it tends to mesh together a little more and more each year. Mm -hmm. And then once you actually make it through, I think people start to forget about those groups. Like for our age, at least with Eichler and I, people, there's still some of that, but people, those gaps have been bridged more than ever. But when you're young, it's kind of like, oh, they're, there was a division above us. They were called the DS bunk because they were like the kids who would play oh, on their play, game boy. Yeah. And then there's like, oh, those are the basketball <laughs> kids. So like the little clicks form in each division. And I think you guys had that in a similar way that we had that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. You guys had a. You guys must have had a similar. What was our CIT number? Twenty five. We had twenty five kids. You guys must I think have. It was had like twenty six. Something like, yeah, something yeah. like that. I think we were right around the same amount, actually. Very, very similar division. Yeah. yeah, so, like, still crazy to see, like, differences between your CIT year, our CIT year. Like, first of all, the camp obviously changed physically, structurally, in terms of group leaders, people coming and going, buildings coming and going, whatever. So, like, I want to hear more about, like, your camper life, living in technically, as we call it, old Pontiac, and having this experience of not the new canteen, not, like, these new water park and everything like that, no hydration stations. So, like, tell us about how it was being a camper growing up in old Pontiac. Ike, you want to you want to take this one? You know, it's a it's a hard topic because when I when I think back at camp, I I think more about me being a counselor than I do as me being a camper. Wow. Huh. So it's it's almost like I instinctively think like there's always been a water park because like in my more recent years there there has been. Mm-hmm. But there's certain things that are no longer allowed at camp. For example, revival night. Do you guys even know what that is? We yeah, were told is, some things about it, but yeah, we're still we were confused. Told, like, we were told about that by a, a counselor that should be unnamed for in the future. We'll, we'll keep that a little teaser. But someone like, told us about that, and we wanted to ask you, what is, what's revival night? So revival night is, is one of the things. Another that comes to mind is survivor. Counselor survivor was another thing they did, and they had to take away. But... For Revival Night, it was basically a night where people would write poems and submit them about other people on camp. And then there was these henchmen, which were like older, bigger guy counselors dressed in black outfits. And there would be, picture the the hockey rink, Weller Hockey, with an ice-cold blow-up pool in the center. All of camp sitting around on the rink. And then these there's like an MC, someone on the mic reading out the poems. And eventually as the poem goes on, it reveals who the person is, who's going to be thrown in, in the ice water. And as soon as they realize it's them, they start running to try and escape and they get grabbed and tossed and thrown in. And it's like a whole dramatic thing. And it's usually the most well-known people on camp or the most, um, people who had did something that summer that was really memorable that people could sort of make a joke about. So that was kind of a yearly thing. 
that eventually I think someone broke an arm or something yeah, and they had, they had to stop doing it. There are two flaws in that. One, it, it became a popularity contest. So people would kind of feel left out by not getting a poem written about them and not being thrown in the pool. Um, and it's like, why is it, why is the cool kid getting thrown in and I'm not? And also just a huge liability. Like, th- like these counters would just like drag campers and like throw them in this like ice pool. Like it, there's just no way it would survive like, today's new pontiac yeah sounds pretty crazy though like when did that even i didn't even know that was a thing like no one talks about that when did that during it we were young i think we probably had it for like three our first three summers maybe i i don't know if it went on any longer than that all i remember well one time was on the modge one time was on the hockey rink and there was this kid named danny kramer who he was too maybe three years older than us. And the guy who was on the mic, his name was Shannon Crockett, who had this Australian accent. And every Beautiful year voice. he would be Donnie Kramer, get in the pool. And it, it was just this redhead kid who would always get put in. Yeah. Building off that, another thing that I remembered from like old Pontiac was when there was boys sing. And I don't know if this was actually like true or not, but I'm, I, I, our entire division will believe so that when we were inters we had a counselor named eric mogul who wrote us like the most awesome song of all time and and it was just it was a diss song like every single person who worked at camp was getting like brutally insulted like like so like bad. wally zittner like all the main characters at camp yeah. and it, some inside jokes that we were too young to even understand like yeah. they were having us say things that were funny to the adults because we didn't get it. And they were like X-rated type jokes. And then they got rid of Boys Sing. And I'm, I'm, we all claim it's because of us, but I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. It's crazy. Yeah, we never, we never had Sing. We didn't even... They, we, I, think, I think the Braves in our division mm-hmm. were the Braves. The Braves had a... Freshmen. Yeah, we, if we were Braves, we would have... Um, uh-huh. Speaking about also, Braves... Oh, wait, you go. I was just going to say, the summer before Iker and I came, they also had Boys Hits. Really? Huh. Would it be boys' hits like supers and senior boys were doing hits also, or was it just like a lower camp thing? I think it was all of boys' side, but I we weren't there for it, so it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Can I throw one more old Pontiac in? Is of course. Color War sing in in the palace? So our our freshman sophomore and inter year, we would have sing in the palace. Like and you wouldn't be able to go into the palace for like the last two days of of color war because the Casbah would be you know building and setting up. But like you would like you know peek ahead in and see what's going on, and then you would walk in and the whole thing was transformed to like insane decorations for each team, and it was like the coolest thing ever. Like transformed beyond belief. Like we're hyping it up right now, but picture every inch of the palace covered in like paintings and intricate creations that the casbah somehow made it was it's mind-blowing like and i don't for the commandos like a huge band of like muppets playing the like a, uh, for like the red rock stars like it's sick like or the thing is it's hard to know how sick it was because we were so young so i i, I got pictures of it it's sick <laughs> yeah like i see pictures and it's definitely sick but a lot of things in camp when you're i guess inter or below or even sub or below they seem more extreme or more impressive than they are but i think palace sing is one of those that actually lives up to the hype 
It was um they had when we were JC so summer 2019 they had carnival and people were talking about how that was a thing like what what was that what was that like you want me to <laughs> I mean for my memory with the carnival it was just something they put on Fenway where they had like all different carnival games and those um, moon bounces and blow up toys and races mm-hmm. and it was I at least for me, that was not one of those memories that like sticks out or that I would brag about. But it was, it was, fun, though. It was just like it was just like an event. It was like yeah. a. It was. Yeah, it was like a special I'm not sure day. If it was, I'm not sure if it was after Call of War. I think it was after Call of I think, War. Like, I think, no, King. It was a lazy day, I think, because I remember we had to like bring the kids down. When they were packing. Oh yeah, well, yeah, when, yeah, when we were packing their trunks. Yeah. And we were throwing so, all that. When like when like the the group leader was like, "Hey, you must pack this bag like perfectly." Like you can't this this and this and I was just like throwing everything in because <laughs> the kid said because the kid's like I'm like so does your does your mom care if uh if the stuff's packed well and he's like no she doesn't care I'm like okay <laughs> uh, enjoy yourself yeah you always have one of those campers and then the other one who like his mom needs everything to be perfectly his cleats needed over here yeah I'm like come on <laughs> Yo, you I... guys you guys were lucky to experience like a few i would say crazy breakouts like pretty like i'm talking about like out of the helicopter were you, you guys there for that no not helicopter out of the um hot air balloon yeah that one that one that one sucked yeah that wasn't that, <laughs> that crazy <one> <laughs> that was it, it, it was very an- anticlimactic uh what we what we did get to witness was jason floyd as mm-hmm. a a fake out general Really? That's a good How did story, that, what yeah. team was that? The White, White Mardi Gras. The White what? White Mardi Gras versus Red Vegas. Interesting names, but I could see how it could be dope. Floyd like, loved cool. telling that story. He was like, he would say how they woke him up in the morning. He was like so tired and like, you're the, you're the general right now. And he's like, no way, like I'm going back to sleep. They dragged him out. He loved, he loved talking about color war now. He was a fake general for a day. Yeah. So you guys had to pick like one favorite breakout of your camper career. Like, what do you think it would be? So, so I, um, me, me and Zach Coden, we actually, I think it was last year made a, a word document of, of from 2015, our first year to, I'm sorry, 2005, our first year to 2016, our last year of like the, every white team, every red team, where breakout was like, like, like was it Fenway? Was it heaven? Um, who were the boy? Who were the male generals, and who were and uh, and who won? Um, and I think my favorite breakout was probably one that you guys were were there for, um, not including my own, obviously, but the white aliens. Um, you're gonna say that. That was a great. That's my favorite one, and that, that was our first year. That was freshman year. It yeah. was our first year. I remember that very vividly too. Like Gino came on the screen, said, "Are you ready?" And that classic like voice that he does, whatever, and then. Lights went out. We were all sprinting. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of a little bit scared. Didn't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Ran down there. Everyone was like waving like uh, wherever it was. Girls League Soccer, Girls League Soccer. And then I see Ruben and Gromer come out. It was pretty sick, honestly. But, so, but, those costumes also, are so cool. Yeah, the costume. I mean, like I remember yeah, seeing. It did so, such a good job. Gromer like didn't even look. He looked like part of the car. Like Truck, yeah, exactly. It was yeah. the craziest thing. And that year, it was like a lot of like speculation. I, like the whole, all the hype of it makes everything better than it is, of course. 
But like that year, they were gonna not have a breakout and just have like the generals run out of the HQ, like screaming color work because like they didn't have the budget apparently. And then like in one day, the Cavs have built everything, and and it was that. So it was they sad. went instead of like doing like a bad breakout, they went above and beyond with no but with with no budget or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. There's there's never a budget for color war. There's not. And somehow they put it together. Always, yeah. Well, I don't know if they control the money, but they help with the ideas and the execution. Yeah, Yeah, it was definitely... Like, I remember afterwards, like, after my first summer, like, pumped that, like, color war happened. I was like, what just went on? Like, that was the craziest five days of my life. Like, I don't even know what to think anymore. Like, I went home and I watched the video maybe 50 times about, like, Gino, like speaking on the thing, like have everyone, everyone like cutting the mattresses, like making the transformer co- costumes, like Ruben going nuts before he came out, like Springs yeah, Bath, like crazy. Everyone knows, everyone knows that video that they posted. It's a crazy, it's crazy video. But that's like that's. I don't know about you, but I've watched that video a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I think so the cool. behind the chilled. scenes, behind the scenes of a breakout when the generals are getting brought back, and you sh- they show you making the costumes and all that top-notch always always the best videos it's mm-hmm. crazy facts so um i think we should shift gears a little bit and focus on this whole camp community if you want to call it how you guys both went to big 10 schools and what's the whole jewish geography camp to camp relationship with people like how's that what's that like what i will say is that w- Going to Indiana University and being from IU, I mean, being from Pontiac gave me such a big advantage starting out because it's like automatic friends, automatic connections, automatic mutual friends, automatic foot in the door in in like different frats and different social scenes like that. So it's pretty transformational, in my opinion. If I didn't go to Pontiac, I think my entire life would would be different. My whole social life would be different. I would know way less people in New York, New Jersey, Florida. It's just, it's transformational, especially I grew up in Pennsylvania. I was the only kid in my division from Pennsylvania. So when I went to IU, I felt like I already had a foundation versus if I didn't go to Pontiac, my dad wanted to send me to a camp called knock and mixin in PA. I would have showed up and I probably would have went to Penn state. Honestly, it probably would have changed the course of my whole life. So you should have went there. Would have yeah, been fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've actually, we want to be talking right now. <laughs> yeah, we want, we I've actually heard this. about Naka Mixon because a few kids that I know at school went to Naka Mixon that are from that area. So, I mean, like maybe who knows? You would have been friends with them, whatever. You could yeah. no, he could have been their counselor. <laughs> he could have been. Like, <laughs> that is know. true. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and agree with Jordan. When I when I started at University of Maryland. I remember, you know, hearing about the frats, like which ones to join, which ones to rush. I remember hearing about TEP, which was the frat that I ended up doing. And the rush chair was Corey Miller, who went to Pontiac, who was mm-hmm. who I was counselors for his brother. And I remember just being like, oh, like, you know, Corey's my boy in camp, like, you know, two years older, but like, you know, definitely will hook it up. Um, and, you know, that obviously just gives you a level of comfort you know, knowing that you, you know, some of the inside guys and that also I reciprocated it. Like when I remember being in the frat and, you know, Ben Beal and Jacob Roxmeyer, random people that exactly. who I weren't friends with in camp necessarily, but who are now at my school, 
like, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll give them that extra, that extra pat on the back or something, you know, just because, you know, we got that Pontiac blood. Exactly. It's, it's, I think it's more, I, I honestly can't relate because there's not any things in people that went to Pontiac, but I do like, I do think that the, they see the CP bonds with people are, is much stronger than a hometown. hundred percent. For you though, Rabinowitz, it's not only about the school you go to. And I know COVID puts a wrench in this, but it's also about the schools you visit. Like let's say you were to mm-hmm. visit, exactly. yeah. Fact. If you visit Michigan, you're set. If you visit Wisconsin, you're set. You visit IU, you're set. You visit Maryland, uh-huh. you're set. So mm-hmm. it it's nice how everyone is so close growing up, and then you spread your wings, go to all these different schools. Like when Eichler and I were in PV, it was just like so many connections, so many camp people all in one place from all different schools, and then you become friends with other people's friends. They introduce you to mutual friends, and it's just this huge networking effect. And then when you eventually, like for us, we lived in New York City. So then it's right back where, where everyone, it's like you go away and then you come back. It's like a magnetic pull somehow. Jewish geography. So that's what it's about. For real, yeah, man. It's crazy. Like, like even though son. I, oh, I like even just in my own division, like going to Indiana, I had two other kids, um, almost three that came with me to school. Um, we all actually ended up in different places, uh, but still maintained to be really close. Um, one of them being our friend Harrison Brown. I talk to him all the time. The other, Josh Greenberg, great kid. Obviously, like two great people to have at camp and just like have at school also. It's just like great, brings a sense of home, everything like that. So I think it's a great thing. Jewish geography is real, definitely. Like you see a lot of mutual friends. Met this one girl's best friends with one of the kids from like camp, like just like the way it works and it's honestly just crazy to see like right before your eyes especially at school like so many people from so many places coming together but all having one similarity people went, went to camp so yeah. it's honestly you very could, cool you could see. like for example you could go from like oh you know this person i went my my cousin's uh my cousin's sister went to not my cousin went to uh camp with her brother like there's these crazy connections you're like wait what so like we're like related well, yeah, it, it'll work. I honestly think one of the reasons, obviously, there's so many things at camp that help us bond and, and make it so you're so close with people. But I think one of the most important things that makes it the way it is, is the lack of technology and the lack of phones, because we've all grown up. Ike and I were obviously a little ahead, like the iPhone wasn't really a thing when we were in the, you know, the middle of our camp career. But for you guys, you've grown up surrounded by so much technology nonstop stimulation but then when you're at camp it's all stripped away so you actually build deeper relationships you can't just like grab your phone and start scrolling whenever an awkward moment pops up you got to talk to that girl you got to you know you got to put yourself out there and it's just a combination of the lack of technology playing sports all all day sleeping in the same bunk like inches away from people seeing people at their highs, seeing people at their lows and just it's a roller coaster of emotions that you get to be there for. And it's crazy. Like the crazy part about it too, is how you said Rabinowitz that it's way stronger than home. And we all would probably agree it's stronger than that home connection, but you're at home for 10 months and it's only Mm -hmm. two months at camp. So in that two month month chunk, 
you're squeezing in so much more, so much more quality time, so much more uh, like valuable experience and interactions. And it, it's like, you're really living life fully when you're at camp, you're in nature every day, you're in the sun every day, you're moving around, you're not like sitting on the couch. I mean, maybe CIT year, but otherwise, it's just like, it seems like a more healthy version of life when you're at camp. Yeah, I think the, the lack of technology is like my favorite thing about camp. Me, me and Jordan have had countless conversations about this, but like, and also the fact that there's no service in Pontiac helps a lot too. It's like, even if you want to be connected, it's like you, you actually cannot like put your phone away and like get outside and, and just, you know, I, I went to a, a concert pre COVID and they, and they put your phone in like a, and like one of those bags that they lock up and there's like, so you can like watch the show the way it's intended. And they like reminded me of camp. It's like, you can do life the way it's intended rather than like, Oh, that's cool. Picture. Oh, video. Like, you know. Yeah. That's a great yeah. point. I was thinking like the thing you said about technology, like that is so beyond true. That's another major reason why instead of like lab, we don't know what we're doing this summer, but like, I do love the idea of how every summer, that phone was away. Like, like I'm, I'm not against technology, but throughout like high school and I guess middle school, like I made it a point to either address how technology is so bad. It's good and bad, but it's I all think about it's, how you it's use so, it. Yeah. It's so important that for seven weeks, you're not on your phone and you're making genuine relationships. So, so crucial. It feels like a detox and it feels like it brings you back to like a baseline of your best self. And then you go back into the world and you get used to it again. But then when you go back to camp, it's just like a special thing. And if you visit, even just visiting camp for a day or two, it like takes you back to that. And mm -hmm. it, it, there's something special. It's a good escape also. Like, when, and like, you know, if you're at home and you're, you know, you're not getting along with your friends or a girlfriend or something. And it's like, all right, well now like, I don't even like, I'm, I'll see them in two months and I'll just worry about that then. Like I, I can kind of block it out for a bit. And I went on a, uh, oh, wait, you got it. All no, no, I was just going to say it's a huge sense of community. Like, I think some people, maybe in high school, maybe in your hometown, you don't feel that sense of community. But when you're at camp, it's genuinely like a tribe, as we would say at Pontiac, but it, it's a sense of community. Like, you walk around campus and you know every person that you're seeing. And it's eventually you just kind of develop this comfort over, over time. And then by the end of, end of the summer especially with color war i mean i was i would cry my eyes out every single summer when i was leaving i, w I wouldn't do that when i was done eighth grade or something i wasn't crying my eyes out so it's just a it's a whole different thing 100%. Yeah. i um, um over the summer i'll just add something i'll add something quickly and then we'll move to the next segment king um what was i saying oh about over the summer camp was canceled i went with my home friends, like a father-son thing. We went up to Pennsylvania, whitewater rafting, paintballs, uh, like camping, full-on camping. And like, we went for like three or four days and exactly what you were talking about, like that strong bond, it took four days. And we were like, we were, we were already like best friends and I'm like, I love my home friends. But like being in camp, that camp environment is so crucial. No technology, it's, it's really important. So Ken, you want to want to move on to the uh, to the uh, next topic? Sure. Um, also, being that you guys were campers for a while, obviously, then comes being a counselor. 
and uh, transitioning from being a CIT to a JC. Honestly, a pretty, pretty rough, but not so rough transition at the same time, being that you already experienced camp, you're new, you're not new to like any of the facilities, anything like that. Um, so do you want to describe like transitions between CITs, JCs, meeting us for the first time, first impressions, stuff like that? Ike, are you going to take it? Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking to two different people. You're talking to a JC of the year, and you're talking to someone who almost got fired. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the interesting part. Yeah. Um, I still thought it was a really hard transition. I think you guys were – it was cool because you guys were young enough where you could actually – be friends with you but you weren't old enough to like speak to normally it, it, you know you weren't brave and like we could put you to bed but like we could still mm -hmm. there was so there was some connection there um but and it was cool because we were able to see you guys grow up in a four-year window was like the, the biggest window ever of like from being a baby to an adult um that like maybe you know one of our friends wouldn't get from being a brave uh counselor but um, I thought it was tough. It's just tough because you're getting your you're getting looked at a lot. You know, you're you you, you have no eyes on you when you're a when you're a CIT and you're and like when you're a JC. You're kind of every time you see a golf cart, you got to like step up a little bit oh. and like pretend you're doing your job. Um, you would hear you would hear the you would hear the um that engine and you would you would get like traumatized. Yeah. You have to like make sure like you're looking over a kid. Or you're in you're in like your bed during rest hour and you hear a walkie go on, you like jump oh. up and like now you're a counselor. I think one of the biggest transitions with it is just going from someone who's only gotta worry about themselves to someone who's gotta worry about thirty kids and their well being and that comes first, you're secondary. And it's easier said than done when you're a kid who has gone to that place for eleven years all of the attention from the counselors and the directors is making your experience as best as possible. But now you're on the other side and you're, you got to pay it forward to the, you know, to the young ones. And I'm so I'm all about that now, but my first summer, I was not a good counselor by any means. And as I said, I, I almost did get fired because I was just trying to hang out with my friends still and be a camper, like a glorified camper. And I, I think that by being a bad counselor, it taught me how to be a good counselor because I got in trouble for that. And so sometimes you got to fail in order to succeed. And I feel like after having that rough first year, I came back the next year and years after that and took things way more seriously and, and felt way more ownership over the job. Because some people think the thing that pisses me off the most is how if you go into a job interview, people think camp is like nothing. It's not like that legit and you got to get an internship instead. But I would argue, and I think some of you, you'd probably argue, camp should be a powerful resume builder. It should be valued in the general public. The only thing is that not everyone has experienced it. So it's not, it doesn't hold the same weight if you know, some guy from Tennessee or some guy from Cali, somewhere where sleepaway camps aren't really as prominent, they don't understand it. So I don't, I don't know. I just, I think it taught us so much in terms of responsibility, being unselfish. You know, you guys were tough sometimes, like a lot of big personalities, a lot of kids who are upset, getting woken up in the middle of the night to go get water at 5 a.m., 
getting woken up to go to the infirmary at 3 a.m., you know, people crying because they lost a sports game, all these different, you know, craziness of the day. It's it's a lot. But it's very rewarding and very fun. Yeah, I mean, like, for us, too, JCs for Inter Boys, it's like the same exact sort of situation. Obviously, different times and different this, different that. But overall, same many similarities just like you said i glad that you give the perfect description they're like almost there but like not yet like to the point where they can like fully be engaged in conversations and like like i love my kids we we both do and like it was great like great first summer like who knows maybe we'll be back next year we gotta still see but um mm-hmm. just creating that bond with like another group of kids that's not our own or counselors and everything is also i value very heavily and like i still keep in touch somewhat with some of the kids like over the summer, me and Rabbi saw a bunch of them kind of work this sort of mini camp thing, like socially distanced to see the kids um, at like some yeah, of the campers yeah. houses. And it was like great, like spending time with them and just getting closer with them. Um, no phones, just sports and hanging out, whatever. So it was great to kind of do that all over again. But yeah, like very similar start. Transition was similar to what you guys had mentioned. So, I mean, yeah, gr- great summer though. I really like it. Definitely. And also, I think that you, Eichler and Gross, you guys don't t- either take enough credit or realize how, like, influential you were. You guys literally, like, from sixth grade to ninth grade, four years, enter to senior year, you guys literally made, made our division. You were the face of our division in terms of, like, giving us character. We found, exactly. we found our meaning. We found what we're all about. And major props to you guys. You guys led us by example, and you guys gave us. No, I'm being. No, I know I'm in my field no, right now. But genuine, you guys, were, like, you guys, everyone's so appreciative of you, and also, like several other counselors of us. We're not gonna uh, forget about them too. But you guys were so important to us, and we thank you. Thank you, man. I mean, that's what this is all about. Like hearing what you just said right there. I think that's the ultimate thing that Eichler and I could hear. Like, there's no better, no better compliment. There's no no better award and it goes it goes both ways like like i said in the beginning like i think of camp as a counselor and not as a camper i wouldn't think like that if i had a shitty group of kids you know what i mean like it's it, mm-hmm. it, 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 the whole experience was great because of you guys and even kingsley you made a great point where you said you know you now have this group of kids too and so for you you have your cits and then you have this division that hopefully you'll you know you'll rise up with and then picture this. I've said this to Eichler like five times. When we're like 40 years old, you guys are going to be like 35, 36, whatever. And it's going to be totally normal to be friends. And it's not even going to be like, oh, that's my camper. It's going to be, <laughs> that's, that's my friend, Ryan. That's my friend, Justin. And we're, it's all going to equal out. Because when we're young, it feels like people who are a year older, a year younger, a few years older, they're like in a totally different level or class than you or whatever down the line we're all just gonna it's gonna equal out and it's hey that's my great friend and it, it's we you, by going back for years as a counselor you double the amount of those great friends and it's just it's awesome there's also kingsley tell me about like or how we like as counselors us making connections with other counselors that you would never think like international and yeah. uh, no 100 percent 
Like that's also, I'm sure you guys have those connections as well. Maybe some of those counselors you still talk to today, whether you do or you don't. I'm sure in the summer, in those two months, you created bonds that you never technically thought you would have made. Like same thing with us, like the divisions above us, below us, CIT counselors, super counselors, um, kid counselors all over the place. Go, um, Just gathering together at night, sitting OD, doing all the stuff that like we never pictured ourselves actually doing. It honestly made the summer what it was. Like if it wasn't for sitting OD, if it wasn't for putting the kids to bed, dealing with that, like funny stories and things like that, like it wouldn't be what it is. And like seeing these other counselors, let's just say I was in bunk 7A and just seeing a counselor on like bunk 8 porch, um, like talking to one of the campers or whatever. Like I'd go up, say hi, like Mason was the division above us. His friends were his counselors. And it's just like creating this whole separate community once again like i've these counselors i have my kids it's it's night and day they're both like great groups of people to be around and just like like again camp just creates a community and it creates this almost Mm. bubble within that we all just sort of not that we necessarily have to be friends with everyone but it's camp always says always a friend um everyone's super outgoing nice to each other there's rarely like if there is any beef it's pretty much squashed within the next week or so like I feel like everything's pretty much settled out. Like, especially me and Rabbi, we go out like with our friends, like at night doing whatever. But like, if we ran into a junior counselor who was came from abroad or something, and hey, like, what's up? It's just like this yeah, whole everyone, different everyone's community. Friends. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, there's there's two groups. There's there's the fact that you become friends with people who are also campers that aren't your age. So someone yeah. like two years younger, two years older. Now you're boys, and then there's mm-hmm. also the group of people that you would probably never become friends with, you know, just outside of camp. You know, there's a guy from Arizona State University who you'll never meet, but like he happened to be placed in your bunk. And now, you know, he likes the same music as you and and you get a drink at the wayside. And yeah. So it's or, the, or the British uh, LA staff member. Yeah. Mike yeah. And then I, I hope you guys have the opportunity to travel abroad. But even some of us, when we went abroad, we met up with, with counselors in London and places wow, where really Ireland, things like that. Cause they're, that's where they, that's where they're at. So it's like, it's perfect. All these people you just would have never met otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just like crazy to see that. Like I said, just like people that you never would think like you go into camp. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I was extremely closed minded when I first went into camp, not just like the division I was going to get. I didn't really care which kids group of kids I get. I was open to that. But in terms of like, I knew who my boys were and I was like, all right, like I'm just going to stick with them and just like see what happens. Honestly, within two days, just gone. Like I just opened up to a whole new world of people who genuinely are outgoing, whether it was four B's at night, just talking to different people where they came from their backstories, like craziest. It's almost like college. just like meeting all Mm -hmm. these new people. Um, Yeah. it's, It's great. I honestly wish when I was like a freshman boy, I could have listened to a conversation like this not a freshman, but like subby or something. So that way I knew then what I know now, because I think we've all matured and we've learned these things over the years. But imagine if you were like a subby boy and you realized like all these lessons and wisdom and things that we've learned over the years, it would just be, it would be a nice leg up. But I mean, we, no regrets. We can't go back in time, obviously. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I, feel like, I feel like you guys also like, um try to like hint hint at us like like oh like you guys should be taking advantage of the moment you know what i mean 
I feel like you. I feel like when you guys were our counselor, you guys would like keep saying that. I remember the one thing that I would always say to you guys was integrity because uh-huh. it seemed like for some reason when you're a kid, you feel like if you do something wrong and no one's watching, it's not it's not wrong. And it's only a problem if you get caught or you get seen doing it. So that was one of the lessons I definitely tried to push on you guys. Yeah, I don't think I really I don't think it's so hard to appreciate something when you're young because it's such like, you know, life is good at home, you, you know, and then you come to camp and everything's fine. But like, I don't think until CIT year, I really was able to appreciate, um, you know, the people that are around me and, and, and what's going on. Um, so that, that's probably why, like, at least I would tell you to appreciate it as when we were counselors because it's hard to when you're, when you're young. Yeah. And just as we're talking about bonds and things like creating things and teaching lessons and just how people become friends and things like that, just also both of you, um, you can both answer this question, um, being both, I, I want to kind of hear both sides of the story. Um, CITs through Braves or whichever, wherever you guys did as a camper and as a counselor, um, what do you think like made your group so tight or like what, what was some activities that you did to like bond your group or something like that, that you can just recall quickly that just like brought your group together to make you guys where you are today. Cause I know, especially the CITs of 2012, extremely close knit group. I'm sure you guys all keep in touch today. So just like some things to recall on that. I got a quick one. Um, we did a couple of trust circles, which we then passed down to you guys. Um <laughs> which which i always felt like we did i think we probably did i don't know two or three when we were campers and you know we always did it towards the end of the summer but it was always like why didn't we do this earlier because now i feel so much closer to all of you and like now i have to leave um Mm -hmm. but like you know just hearing you know there was this there was this one one story that i remember where um this this guy i'll leave his name out but he he stopped going to camp a while ago and he missed the first few days of camp because he was going to sports camp, which seemed like a, a cool thing to do, you know, as, as someone in Pontiac. And then at the trust circle, he told us, he was like, guys, like, to be honest, I didn't miss the first couple of days of camp due to sports camp. I was actually at theater camp. And we all just like, we all just like gave him the biggest hug. You don't have to hide that from us. Like if you're, that, that's cool. To like that. like, <laughs> that's so funny. And then that became one of the, like the all time inside jokes. And so, yeah. That the trust circles, that's a good one, Icar. The one that came to mind for me was the late night talks on on the roof of the CIT bunk or on the porch before we were CITs. I feel like somehow those late night talks are when people are just the most vulnerable, the most real. And we would stay up till like three, four AM just talking for hours and hours and hours. And I think that's when we all like those were the times that I felt the closest with people. It was almost like when you're when you're older, super CIT, and the nighttime starts, and you have to take a shower. It's like you're supposed to go out and talk to the girls, which is totally cool. But like, it was almost like we appreciated the the, the part after that, the part like going. All right, now it's curfew. Let's go on the bunk and on mm-hmm. the on the roof and just and just look at the stars and hang out and and BS. Like a, it's like a red alert. Like whenever it was a red alert, everyone would get pretty excited because like just bonding in the bunk, throwing throwing balls around, yeah, just like playing cards and all that stuff. 
exactly. And like I can also relate with Rabbi. When we were um, CITs, we did this also, but all the time, JC year, we'd come in from OD, um, twelve thirty, whatever. Rab would come to my porch and talk for hours and hours, color war about our summers, recalling memories with you guys, just like everything, just like bring us together. And like some kids that we talked to were a couple years older than us at camp, but honestly, pretty surprising, like how much actually, no matter the age difference, how you can relate to one another. And it was just crazy mm-hmm. to hear their stories, our stories. Like, I think that the late night talks are honestly one of my favorite parts of camp, just in general, just because like Grossinger, you said, everyone opens up and they just create like this, this sort of like these great memories that just come just with time and bonding late night. And I, and I, I think color war, you know, also just builds a, uh, helps you get closer to one another. Cause you could just constantly talk about that no matter if it's a week one or, or week seven, you know, who's going to be general. Exactly. So like everyone, everyone loves color war talk. Yeah. Eichler, I think, uh, going on hockey tournaments was pretty awesome. At, like we, Pontiac used to be like pretty top-notch hockey camp back in the day, and then it shifted to basketball. Eichler was Eichler, with Eichler in there. It, it was a uh, it was a top <laughs> program. Once once Eichler retired, like it went downhill. No, it kind of <laughs> ended before me. I didn't get to appreciate the the hockey love, um, and it's in, like in my prime because there was this there was this one Pontiac Cup that like we were still too young to be in it, and. The whole camp was there, like it was Horowitz, and there was like a huge brawl, and it was like the coolest thing we ever witnessed. Um, and then they like canceled it basically and said no one can watch and all that. And then, then the program went downhill. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we are we are pretty, like we could be cocky. We're a pretty good basketball camp, I think. Mm-hmm. We are like we got some shooters. We got some we got some guys down low like Mason. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Rab thought... is in the post too. Rab, Rab in the post. I play. The, I play the five. I play big. <laughs> I don't know Ooh. about for your guys' division, but for my division and for other divisions, I think I think that I always thought basketball was kind of like a a negative for for in some regards because it it like it, it created a disconnect and also like create a hierarchy of of like. Yeah and who's not even though basketball yeah. skills have no correlation to if you're a good person or not i that, never went that, to basketball i never went to basketball for clinic or selective in my entire career at camp there's never. no way you didn't go once never by choice yeah well look how you turned out but i, I <laughs> athlete of the year athlete of the year cit summer i bet yeah. there are kids though who who did go to basketball selective or clinic just because they thought it was it would make them cooler <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i mean i've I think, definitely I think, seen uh, yeah that's funny I've definitely, I've definitely seen a lot of kids especially um being a counselor i'd look at the basketball clinic sheet when i'm taking clinic let me know for basketball every single kid they just come in a line just 35 basketball like you know see like the occasional like one like baseball it's just like all right yeah, like, me, me and greenberg while he's, gonna, while he's gonna have a tough week <laughs> Wally yes. would, Wally would uh, like send his kids to Dave Ellis. Dave Ellis is gonna have a tough week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pushing, pushing the machine button. The, the what's it called? <laughs> the uh, the gun that you use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like shift it, and then when the, and then when the tours come, ooh, showtime, baby, showtime. showtime. Become, becomes the combine when the tours come. <laughs> you you kids running the forty NBA on the baseline. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. But um, 
Yeah, so like, honestly, I want to kind of bring it back a little bit um, to what we were talking about before relating technology. Although you guys as campers didn't have the most technology and like when you became counselors, like you did a little, but I think one of our most favorite memories for the end of the summers relate you guys to the montage you guys made us. And I kind of want to hear the backstory. Several, like, I think yeah, two or mo- three. multiple years. Yeah. So uh, I definitely want to hear some of them, like what went into it, um, like how you got all those clips, because I definitely did not see half of them being filmed or whatever. So, um, yeah, I want to hear about that. I think it was very organic in the first few times we did it. Like, Ikor and I would basically just try and capture as many memories as we could. And since, our, since we were videotaping things, I don't think you guys noticed it as much because you were kind of desensitized to it. There's obviously some kids who did try to get on camera more than others, but then we'd basically just put it together and and make a montage. Like there wasn't much of a science to it, I don't think. But each year after we did it once, our minds were like, oh, let's get that for the montage or that would be good for the montage. So eventually we kind of knew let's get some good content. I remember for, for our CIT montage, we had a song in it by Coldplay and it like it like for some reason this song just like hit all of our all of warning, our emotions. warning sign so yeah, hard warning. so then we put it in, in your guys and it did the exact same thing yeah. <laughs> that, that senior year montage like warning sign was in it that because we knew like you guys like we knew you guys were like what do you what do you want to call it, like retiring like sure. we knew we knew senior year was your last <laughs> year and, and, and we all knew it and like we were just so upset and and like that montage was the saddest thing possible it was, yeah. I think, did you guys say, I think we had like one of these trust circles in the, in the Cubs then, I think it was like the, a couple of days before you guys left. Like that was, that was so a good crazy. one. That was a good one. Yeah, was, it, it was very good. Was it got, got deep, but it was great. Wow. Um, yeah, I remember that. It was, wow. So also, um, we can go back. Eichler, it's kind of aimed at you a little bit. We were talking about color war. We want to hear about Mr. General, the White Force 2016, um, what went into breakout, because we know that it was like a breakout, fake out, whatever it was, um, putting in like getting called to the Cavs, the, the whole nine on here. Yeah, I mean, this could be its own podcast, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can go on. So tell me when you want me to stop talking. Um, but I mean, yeah, there's a lot of that year was was a that year was a stressful year because it was you know, me and Squints were, were front runners, I guess, but there was also two other people that were, you know, could have, could have gotten it. And it forced us to be on our like extra good behavior. Um, and then when it started, you know, after visiting day, it started to become more of a realistic thing. And then on breakout day, I, I, I didn't know, but like, you know, I had little clues. Like I remember we were playing baseball one day and Howard was driving his golf cart and then he drove past me and then he, then he went backwards and he goes, can you put your arms out? Can you turn around? How tall are you? Okay. Just, just asking. And then he kept driving and I was like, all right, mm-hmm. you're just messing with me. Um, but then on the breakout day, there was a couple things. There was one, nobody knew a time it was going to happen and it kept getting later and later in the day. And I remember then, then uh, Franco and Tanner came, saw me playing like 42 or something on the garden and was like, Eichler, it's time. Like, you have to come with us now. And I was like, you guys are just like, shut up. Like, you're just joking. But, like, this is, this is how it works. Like, like, come on. And like whispering to me. So I'm like, 
I'm going to follow you, but I don't, I don't believe you. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to not follow you. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm walking and we literally walk from the garden to like the canteen office. And then like, and they go, all right, we're going to leave. And then they just walk away and go their separate ways. And I'm just like, fuck, I got to walk back to my bunk now. And like nothing mm-hmm. happened. Um, and then, and then, so what happened was Gino told Floyd to at, at like eight, let's say 7 p.m., hear my golf cart keys, take Max to the Casbah at 7 p.m., but no later than like 7.05 p.m. And because that's like what G- that's Gino, you know, like it needs everything. Every every general was brought at a specific time. And um, so there was a fight, like an argument between like um, like Harry Schmerler and, and some people. And yeah, but, and, ha- but Harry's a sweetheart, so. Yeah, Harry's, of course. Harry, is, Harry's a sweetheart. Um, and they. And he was like, all right, like, get on the golf cart. Like, I think he said, Jordan, like, you you talk to blah, blah, Max, come with me. And we're going to talk to the other two. So we, like, just drive around the golf cart. And then we, like, get to girl side. And, like, we, like, settle their fight. And he's like, all right, you guys can walk back from here. I, I, I'm, I'm sick of this. And they, and then it's just me and Floyd in the golf cart. And we're like, all right, yeah, good. Like, we settled it. And then and then Floyd's in there, like, a sharp left, like, up to the Maj. I'm like, Floyd, where are you going? And he just doesn't say a word. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? And then I get to the Casbah, and it's like completely empty. Like, like I'm like, there's, there's nothing going on here. And then I and Howard walks out. He goes, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't really know." He's like, "Do you want a beer?" And I'm like, "No, I'm, I'm good right now. Thank you, though." He goes, "All right, well, like, if, if you want to come in, you can come in." And I was like, "All right, sure." So I walk in, and like every single person is there. My parents are there, um, and and Gino is obviously front center. And says like Max Eichler. You are officially the color war general for the white force. And I give him a hug. Um, and he tells you nothing. Like he, like, like I expected to know, like, okay, what's the breakout details? You know, who are my lieutenants, camper generals? They don't let you look at a packet before you, before they're thrown out. So I have no idea anything. Um, and they don't even tell you like when, like when things are going to happen. Like it's very on the spot. So I like at a certain, I was up there for like two hours. It was a long time. And then, and then we finally go down and they're like, all right, like run over there. And we're like, all right, I'm sure. Like, we don't even know what's happening. And then we ran in and I was like, Zach, you, you want to go out first or second? Like, I'll go out first. I'm like, perfect. I'll much rather go in second. Um, and then we ran out of the tunnel. And then I remember like Matt Rosen coming up to me like, I'm your lieutenant. I'm like, oh, it's sick. I had no idea. Like, <laughs> wasn't even allowed to look. Um, and I also was not a Star Wars fan. Um, now I am, but I wasn't at the time. So I remember being with Mike Electra, like, what the hell, like, should I make my call back? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. And we just like Googled like so much stuff. And then finally I came up with something. Um, yeah, they, they asked for your call back, like right, right before the break happens. Right. Well, they don't really, they don't, they, they didn't care if I even had one in theory. Like it was more so I, I wanted to have one, you know, during when I'm talking to everyone for the first time and introducing lieutenants, I wanted to make sure I had a call back prepared um and yeah that, that's that's the breakout are there any any specifics you want to know <laughs> it's pretty pretty specific honestly yeah that's great seems crazy who knows maybe rab you'll be up there in a couple years we'll see maybe you'll be up there. maybe you'll be up there with me we'll see we'll see Would what happens do you guys aspire to be generals like i don't i don't know about I, this is an unpopular opinion, but I never really wanted to be general. Like I never saw myself as, as general. I never dreamed of it. I th- I think Eichler was more into color. 
I just enjoyed playing sports and like hanging out with friends. It didn't really, it didn't really like capture me as the ultimate goal. But if I had went back another year, people say maybe I would have gotten it, but I don't know. It was never one of those things I like shot for. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Personally, like for me, I do talk about color a lot and everything. Like, honestly, like it's not right now, like JC year, like obviously not even a thought in my mind, just like going through camp. um, No shot. Obviously I get it. One year counselor, whatever. So like, I honestly enjoyed my summer as a counselor, counselor being a gen- like not being a general, I mean. So like general, honestly general like, JC summer. We'll, we'll see like down the road, maybe in the next few summers if I start thinking about it. Cause like honestly I'd be fine not getting general. Um I mean it's a it'd be sick, obviously, but like at the same time, like I'd make peace with myself if I didn't get it. Like it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I don't know about you, Rev. I can I mean, see you up there. King, I think I could see you as general. You're loud. You're big. Like you would get people pumped. Um, I, no, but like, for me, for me, like I, I honestly haven't really thought of that. Like I don't really, I'm, I'm honestly just there for the vibes. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not gonna go back for a certain position. Like I'm, I'm more, I'm more, want to go back because I love camp and I enjoy just like so everything I about it. Not, I mean that, that's like, I always thought that was like a plus. Like you go back for the vibes and the fun summer and then at the end color war you'll i guess get a position or be in charge but yeah just make just make your impact you don't need a title you don't need a you don't need a position you can still make a huge impact mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know if you guys knew but uh <laughs> rabbi, rabbi did apache last year i don't know if you guys knew that yeah, exactly oh, yeah. yeah i love the apache kingsley i thought you did too or did you was there something else you did no nah, i didn't um it was rabbi was it dubler it was and me somewhere? me dubler Miles Capel, us three. No, it was it was it was awesome. We we loved it. I mean, we we were we were like, for some reason, like you would think like, I don't know, like maybe like there'd be like some like disconnect because like three people, like it's hard to like pair up. But like, we we worked so well together. There was no issues. Like we we trusted each other. It all worked out. It was, it was great. With Apache, you don't really have time to not work well together. It's it's mm-hmm. such a tight push to get everything set up and. I mean, as Iker knows, I'm probably one of the best Apache guys in the history of camp. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you did make a good Apache, though. Nah, I think I was like 0 for 2, 0 for 3, maybe. Oh, never mind. 0 for 3? <laughs> I, t- I don't know. I thought, I thought I remembered you doing well. Well, I I did well at like running around with the walkie and like pretending. Yeah, looking, and looking like, like a, I looking mean, pretty see- cool out there. You, you you seemed official. You seemed half like you knew you were doing out there. Yeah, exactly. That's half. Yeah, when, exactly. When you see when you see the people who ran Apache, like walkie, uh, bandana on, just like yelling, like we're up five seconds, we're up ten seconds. Everyone's like everyone's <laughs> go, go, looking go. at you. <laughs> go go go! You're like yelling at you're yelling at like a, a sophomore boy, like go off the it, road, go off the road. <laughs> And when you hear when you hear like the two words bucket brigade, you like start freaking out, like you know glory's <laughs> coming up, like you're ready to go. I saw a rabbi, he took his shirt off right before glory. He had the walkie, the bandana, he was just describing himself. That's not really everyone. But uh, no, that's was, everyone that's you're so wrong. Every single every single person who ran Apache has their shirt off and they're sweating and they're running and they're they're gasping for air. Liza's on the bike though. She's not. Yeah, running. Liza. But she, Liza she does is, do a great job keeping up. I have to give it to her. Liza has maybe, her whistle. Maybe, she's like, "Get off the road! Get off the road!" Maybe Tour de France next. Who knows? She's pretty good on that bike. She loves she it. Is. 
yeah apache will always be probably my favorite thing of color war just like because like even if you're because there there are obviously always going to be campers who are like not into color war just like you know barely even wearing the white shirt or something but like for some reason everyone just will go their absolute hardest for their four seconds of apache time even if it's the stupidest thing like you're your heart's pumping, you're, you're sweating, even if you're just like, you know, picking up a ping pong ball and throwing it, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's nothing. Um, yeah. Did you guys do rope burn? I, I, did, I did rope I burn. Did you do it, Kingsley? No, I didn't. I, I did it uh, CIT summer for, um, is, that, is it day two or day three? Day, day. I think it's day three. Day three. Day three is rope burn because day two is the alumni day. And yeah, but rope burn was awesome. It was, I didn't think the fire was going to be that hot, even though I wasn't even, I was, I was carrying wood, but, but yeah, I was a runner as well. We, we don't get down in the fire like that. But I, my favorite part of rope burn is putting your head in the water and mm-hmm. doing it up in the air. I, that's the only reason I did rope burn was just to look cool for like, look, two and get like a picture. Yeah. That was a cool part of it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely, like, interesting also, just, like, with the whole color works in general, like, seeing it both as a camper and a counselor. Like, I'm sure for you, both Grossinger and Max, like, you loved it, especially Max when you were general, Grossinger, lieutenant, both both things, like, extremely high positions in camp, just, like, feel, feel somewhat of power, like, over a team of kids, like, don't really know what you're doing, you have power, whatever. I was, unfortunately, but fortunately at the same time, uh, Greg Popovich during color war, I coached my team to pretty, pretty good basketball games. Um, me and Rab worked well together on the bench when he wasn't doing Apache. Um, we, some um, great no, action remember shots. The, of- remember the uh, remember that game we had the 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 a the a game basketball on Palace too. That was a great game. <laughs> yeah, we were going against Bryson Block. Yeah, we were going against Bryson Block, and they were like running like zone defenses, double teams, <laughs> and we were just like, whoa, like, relax. <laughs> Coaching your kids as a counselor, whether it's leagues or color war, it brings out like I loved it a I monster it in, in anyone. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Iker and I had a had an argument, or we had a I don't know if it was fake or not, but we got into it one time in leagues, right? As counselors, I don't remember. Yeah, le- leagues is a whole another discussion that that got very heated at times, almost as intense as color war. I remember. Some of the, like the B games were even more intense than the A games. They were just crazy because most of it was just mental, not really like physically good at the sport. I just like some of our friends would actually just like start roasting kids for no reason and just like get inside their heads and they'd miss the next ball and just like whatever. But it got very competitive. But that's what it's all about. I loved it a lot. Great experience. I actually I, did love being a counselor during color war. I thought it was sick. I, I do remember as a camper, sometimes you'd be so excited for color war. And then, like a sport you like is first day, and you're put on like the like a B team or something or a C team, and you're like, what? Like I'm I'm such an A team player, like or or a B team player, like and like that kind of like could ruin your whole week. Like it kind of could ruin a color war, just like not mm-hmm. being shown to your like full abilities. Rubinowitz and, doesn't know what that feels like. Yeah, he <laughs> doesn't. Not that I was a great athlete, just that. For, there was wasn't that many kids, there wasn't that many kids in there wasn't that many kids in the division. I feel like there's camp good and there's home good, and it's it's a whole different measure. I, of I was camp good. I, was, I wasn't. I was nothing special. 
I mean, you held yeah. your own in the pipes during uh, high school soccer. You did do pretty well as goalkeeper. I remember I've, the, see, I've seen, remember I've the, seen some remember videos. The, Kingsley, remember the, the, the Color War soccer game? When I do remember you, the When you were my photographer. When you asked me to be your photographer, yeah. I didn't, so, I didn't ask you. I said, yo, take some, take some videos, take some pictures. <laughs> I was, it was dope. I felt like, what, what was the girl's name? You guys would know. The girl, she was there for like 10 years. Who always came up with the camera, took pictures. Um, I'm, forget, Paul, I'm blanked Paul, out Paulina? on her name. Paulina? Something, like, something like that. I felt like Paulina. her. Great, Paulina, great girl, by the way. Great girl. She really, she really made Bunk One special. Yeah, on a, on a side note related to Pontiac, my sister is actually getting married at Pontiac. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Well, congratulations Marvel to your post. sister. Thank you. So, September 5th of next year or the whole weekend. Wow. Are you, uh, are you like, going to be, like, running a little mini color war there? No, no. <laughs> you going to be Gino for the weekend? I, I wish. Even, even just for a day. Um, Couple games of 42, I'm sure. Oh, of course. Of course. But it's cool because we're, like, planning, like, where where everything should be where the ceremony should be like it should be on the island like where it should be the party be in the in the um playhouse like the can- in the can make sure it's in the canteen not nah, after party in the canteen for the, for the show <laughs> max that actually sounds amazing yeah wow do the after party in like in like one of the heaven trails so like and make make it like make it hard <laughs> to make it a whole like uh in- adventure to get to the uh after part, like like in between, like we're you go, up, you go to upper hockey. You should yeah, do a hatchet. No, you do lose a people. Do a hatchet though. Max, do you know if uh, Howard and Alex and the staff are going to be up there during during the wedding? Howard's like planning the whole thing. Like he, you uh, should you should ask him. Like bring my bring my general suit for me. I want to wear it to the ceremony. Howard Howard's I, doing I the Howard's the, uh, the person who's saying the blessings. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna do the. Uh, <laughs> He's gonna be the one officiating. Yeah, he actually he actually <laughs> built his own house, so like from scratch. Really? It's like like on camp or bar. Yeah, you know about this. He was built. He took him like I think like a year or two to build, and he was like a full on place. He has an Instagram where he has a lot of pictures of it. When when my family visited to like talk about the wedding, he like showed them the house, and my dad was like, "How did you like do electricity, like plumbing?" He's like. What do you mean? I, I just dug underground and connected the wires, and we're like, "Oh, of course, like, that easy." <laughs> Dude, he's a magician. Yeah, what a guy. So, wonder, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I wonder what camp would be without Howard. Things would be different. Honest, that's very great question. Yeah, I have no he's idea. Crucial. He's very important. He's a very, very big part of camp. I don't think a lot of people realize, especially the younger kids, how much of a role he actually does play. And uh, setting up camp, especially, and just keeping everything looking nice. And um, he's basically the Gino of just like normal camp, just like has everything under control, brains behind everything. So uh, a couple, couple last minute things, just like some some questions, just like quick fire, like rapid stuff. Rapid um, fire. I'm gonna rapid I'm gonna create stuff. some I'm gonna create some scenarios, and you're just gonna have to put yourself into them. So Love first it. scenario, we have. Let's just say Thursday night, right? You walk into the dining hall. You walk into the, the Seneca dining hall, to be exact. And you, you, you're seeing all the counselors and the, the people serving the food bring out those silver trays, the iconic silver trays. And for a second, you're like, I am not eating this. Like, you do not want the food that is on the trays. What is the most creative meal you've ever made yourself in the dining hall that excludes the main course? 
before you make the 180 to go out, what are you making? I remember Peter Kula taught me like like a, a, a special sauce of his that he would make because he was like this like health conscious guy and he would like, I hate all this food. And like he would like go to the salad bar and like get like the grilled chicken was pretty solid at the salad bar and he would put like every single condiment together. Grossinger probably did the same thing. Honestly. Yeah, I did the condiment thing. Yeah. I I was a big proponent of the salad bar as well. Um, I also remember, I think it was Greenblatt who titled something fancy sauce and it was like butter marinara sauce yeah yeah parmesan something else and if you if you put it in the pasta and shook it up it was it was solid pasta yeah that was that was always one what what about you guys um honestly i think so much honestly last year the the sides i guess if you want to call it besides the main meal were actually pretty good they added buffalo chicken to the uh menu so i would sometimes make my way over there kind of people beat me to it some days and i'd have to figure something else out but take like a wrap from the salad bar put some buffalo chicken a little bit of ranch maybe some lettuce and just make like mini mini burritos i guess or like mini wraps i think they were they were pretty good substantial wrap mm-hmm. i don't know you you probably had bagel and be, butter for lunch to be dinner, honest, breakfast. i've never i've never seen you make that little like I've had it like, literally like, all the time. What you just year. explained, I haven't seen you make that once in my life. So I, I swear I, I made it at, okay. like all the time. Oh, There's yeah, because no you, you, you didn't sit with me. You sat with, uh, who did you sit with? Probably like Mason. Bryce? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You, but um, but. My, my go-to food, I would always, when in doubt, I would go to, um, I'd go to the salad bar and take like the, like not the croutons, the, 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 the long thing. string crunchies. I would just like fill up a cup, maybe two cups, and just eat. And then, and then, then I would go to the. This is new. They, you know, they added a whole like Gatorade machine and all this summer. No, it wasn't. Like a, a full Gatorade machine. They had like a full on like like a drink a drink station. I would just like fill up, fill up, chug, 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 and then like a kid behind me like, hey, I want. I'm like, okay, wait, I'm I'm still I'm still chugging, but uh. You know, I would do I would do the Gatorade and uh, and those swirly croutons. That was my go-to. So, yep, to get yeah. some energy. You definitely got to skip some lunches here and there, Pontiac. Yeah, always. it's always there. Are, there has to be some skips. Yeah. Obvious. So um, before we before we ask our final question, um, my my question I have for you guys: Have you ever won the famous Luwinsu Square Dancing Competition? I have not. I, I'm too close. It was very sad when you're asked. To, and I blame, I blame the girls. I never blame like the the boys. I, I had I had a, a partner once who had to write L and R on her hands. I'm like, we're not gonna win if you. If this is what you have to do. I think I was a runner up one year, and I think I may have been in one of the teams that was like best costume or something like that because I had the bracelet, but I don't think I came in first place. That that was next level. Yeah, I agree. I could kind of see you like. If he said Alman left, someone else stuck out their right hand, you'd like yell at them for a second and like, keep your composure. Your left, right. <laughs> exactly. But their span was always like some to, like, sort go, of like you're supposed to go like clockwise around. Like you know, like when you like stroll around the circle and like your partner just, like, go going, your partner just like causing mayhem going the wrong way. Well the, the I think the best thing of the square dancing was when you not not the square dancing, but when uh, I don't think it's popcorn either. But there was another thing. When Montego like, Bay. Montego yeah. Bay. When it's all the girls wow. are lined up, I remember that. Guys go girl to girl, 
and like it's like your chance to like have a little alone not alone time but like a little encounter with like someone you have a crush on or or an older girl or something that was always and like, you barely make eye contact because you're so pathetic and young and you don't know how to talk <laughs> dude even just like holding dude. hands with a girl back then I felt like my like pre-puberty self, that was like a big deal. Just holding hands with like a girl a year older or something like that. It's our base. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe even home. If you, get, if you get lucky, you get a little hug, side hug. Yeah. Maybe maybe hit a home run that night. Who knows? Perhaps. Um or, or if you get to in the um what's the what, what's it called when you would like go around you like oh pole bug, pole you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You like grab like you grab like four hands, you're like, whoa. <laughs> unfortunately though i think lou, lou and sue had stopped going to camp um, we haven't had square dancing in a few years um not really sure what's going on with them hope they're doing well hope the dog what's his name rocky hopefully he's doing well oh, i've actually okay. i've actually heard through the grapevine that lou and sue have gone through a rough patch yeah. really really heard, heard uh a divorce potentially wow Wish them the best, though. Who would ever, who would ever think? Wish them the best. But who, the, who would ever think that Lou and Sue would get divorced? I'm pretty sure their dog died too. Oh really? Yeah. I did not know that. I'm sorry. Um, what was Re- his name? I think Roxy. Really, Roxy. really breaking some Roxy's hearts. Roxy's a great. Yeah, why, why even say all this? <laughs> to, all, to all our listeners out there, we're sorry to kill the mood. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely sorry, but uh, Maybe just know that they're great people. <laughs> but uh. So, final question. Yeah, you, you got want, it. Rab, do you want to ask? Or no, you, you got it. You got it. All right. So, final question. Um, pretty cliche. Just want to know, obviously, if you have a favorite camp memory, it could be funny. It could be sentimental. It could be whatever. Just one of your most memorable moments as a camper or counselor in general. Might, might need a moment to think about yeah, this. this is a, yeah. This is a take, tough take your time. It's Kingsley, definitely a tough is, question. Kingsley, this is a tough question because, like, for example, like if you asked me this, I don't, I would not know what I would have to say. Honestly, what initially popped in my head with you guys is the Toronto trip. I feel like for Ike yes. and I, yeah. that Great was trip. just such good vibes on that trip. And we, I don't know, I felt like we were all just like living it up, being our best selves. Even though we went to Toronto as campers, like, or I barely, barely remembered anything. And it was just such a fun trip. I, I always remember that as one of the, also, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like the word favor because, like, it's just so hard. But for going off that, me and Jordan were roommates in Toronto. Like, it was just – like, it was – we – I remember we went to the bar with, with Gallegos and Floyd at night when you guys were sleeping. And, like, you guys were old enough to, to, to – now you're at the point where you're, you're really humans and, like, yeah, that was a good time. I mean, my, my favorite – like, it's kind of hard not to say was being general just because, you know um, – Yeah, I, of course. I, I was also never a color captain or anything, so that was that was pretty awesome. But uh, Toronto was up there. I don't I don't really remember anything past uh, past the last year of camp. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that Toronto trip was honestly yeah, Toronto, very great. Toronto was definitely the best trip with you guys. Like we had what we had Hershey, Boston, Montreal, Toronto. Toronto was like a Toronto was a special trip. It was like everyone was boys, everyone was like growing out. We went to Syracuse before, jet boating, shopping. No, it was fun. I just remember Floyd being like way too good to us. He was like, Max and Jordan, you'll be roommates. You're also gonna have your combined walking group, the two of you. We're like, is this our trip? Like 
Yeah, me we we knew we noticed that you guys did that like a bunch. So when me and Rab went on went on our trips, we combined mm-hmm. our groups right away, and we just sort of created this oh, big big flags, thing to make it. Flags, we combined groups. It was a time. Yeah. And uh, we were we told Nana, our group leader, that oh, we were like kind of some rides, like maybe not that many. Like we kind of just wanted to hang out, basically, is what we were saying. We and were never, we were never big rides. ride guys. We were never big ride guys, and like these kids were like, "Let's go on this one. Let's go on this one." And every time, like we were about to go on a ride, I'm like Kingsley, I don't know, man. But we we <laughs> we, we stuck it out. We did it. We did Honestly, it. And it was actually one of oh, one, one of my. Like, I don't remember specifics, but I remember really liking being in a group as a counselor and having campers who did not, like, could have been you too, I, I really don't remember, of people who didn't want to be on, go on a ride and, like, me convincing them to go on a ride. That's how oh, I yeah, that, that roller coaster. That, that was my all, first yeah. roller coaster, my first real roller coaster was Goliath at Six Flags New England. It was literally solely because of you. Really? You actually can, yeah, I swear to God, I remember it. And, like, <laughs> I was standing, I was, I was standing in line. I was like, Eichler, bro, like, really don't want to do this and like he's like all right so you're just gonna you're just gonna stand here while the rest of the kids go on the ride and like come off saying that the best time ever and you just couldn't experience it like what's the worst that happens and i was like you know what you're right might may or may not have been like almost in tears on the ride like strapping myself in but got through it honestly like like roller coaches a little bit now so thank you for that man no that makes makes me very happy Yeah. yeah well that that was Definitely one of the more memorable moments just because I kind of sort of conquered that fear. So still a little now, bit iffy about it now, but. We got to toss it back to you guys. Uh, what are any number one memory that sticks out? Rev, do you want to go first? Or, like, I'm I got to gotta think. think. Um, um, is, this, is this from, is, as a camper, as a counselor also? Whatever, whatever comes to you. I don't think um, even like last year. What I liked the most about last year, it was, I mean, the there were so many things. Were always great. Um, we had good counselors. I think. I, okay, wait. I think I got it. This is this is not as a campus as a counselor. My favorite memory as a counselor, I think, would be Kingsley. Agree with me. This is not like this is not like an exact event. It's more like a feeling, like it coming it coming full circle. How 100%. you're not how you're not a you're not a camper but instead it's your job now to lead these kids by example and have these kids actually look up to you i think that that was the most rewarding feeling how you, how you had kids, you had a responsibility and your actions had consequences and you had the opportunity to change a kid's life and, and that, yeah, that's, what I, you, that's what gross and ike did they that's exactly what they did and i think that's that's the best memory opportunity hundred percent. I like, obviously it wasn't like one sole event that happened, but like in general, obviously I think that's, that's, it's my, my favorite memory as well. Just like getting compliments, even from like the directors or whatever, just like things mentioning the, yeah, like my kid loves you. Like, even though they may or may not have been telling the truth, it still feels good to hear it. Like from parents on visiting day, like, Oh, I've heard your name mentioned before. Like from, for example, just like a random kid in my bunk's parent. Like, um, I just think it's great. It's like, hear that stuff and just make memories and know that me, Rabbi, and whoever else we were with just create an impact on these kids to some level. And I think that's great to hear. So uh, uh, I'm I was, yeah, as a counselor, that was my favorite. And um, I just, I want to. Uh, that, was, that was great, Kenny. That was, that was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I just like, 
I just don't really like as a camper there's I've been there for what eight nine years and just like to think of one sole thing like I don't know if I'd be mm-hmm. able to do that right now but definitely a lot of good memories going to Jacobs all together getting hyped for the okay, game yeah. we made to the finals that was a great time even though we lost it was still still a very fun trip um going on some hockey tournaments and we'll, and we'll be we'll like be that. hearing about we'll be hearing about Jacobs and in, in further episodes. In another, in another episode, we'll talk about Jacobs. And who knows, maybe you guys will come on for round two, talk more about specifics on other things. But uh, I think I think it went really well. Yeah, this is great. This is a debut. And I think, it, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Thank you guys right. for having us. For your Had break. a lot of fun talking to you guys. Great yeah, catching great. up. And thank you. Thank you again for coming on. Appreciate Anytime. it. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for popping up. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you guys. No problem. Love you boys. Thanks for uh, thanks for putting us on the first episode, and we'll we'll be recurring guests. Let's keep it going, baby. Of course. Let's go. Of course. All right. Always. All right. Of course. Peace, boys. Wow. Wow. What a great episode. What a great episode. Starting up hot. Wow. I think. I was. I honestly think that's probably going to be one of our better episodes, more memorable, just because. We've known them basically our whole lives and just to, to reconnect with them and um, just, I don't know, just continue that bond that we share with them. Rab, like, do you want to have yeah, that, any other notes? That might be one of our best episodes. I hope, I hope episodes could be that good because that, that was perfect. But those are I, like, I, for our viewers, those are like our, what do you want to call them? Like our big bros. They were old. They were our role models when we were kids. Yeah, they were, we were in models. sixth grade. We looked up to them like they were our parents at camp because we didn't have any, and they were the kids that we'd go to for anything. Yeah, they, they were they were our big bros, and and it's nice to see how like I guess we took the mantle as that duo, that growth cycle duo. duo. Yeah, honestly, great yeah. to see now. Also, it was just uh-huh. it, I, I don't understand. Was, I don't understand all the connections, like the similarities between them and us until this show. Crazy, and. Even for people that are viewing this right now that stayed to the end. By the way, if you stayed to the end or you're here and you skipped, like, whatever, we appreciate you watching. There's a huge thing that me and Rabbi are trying to sort of figure out and get these different guests and CP legends, um, maybe potential later down the road, kids from other camps talking about their experiences. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think this was a good start. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it it went really well. We're going to have episodes – I think we're going to be coming out with them, what, every Monday, Monday, Thursday? Monday, Thursday. That's the, that's the goal. Um, so, yeah, we, no, we have, a, we have a great episode coming out on Thursday. We're, we're excited to show you what, what we got. But for now, just follow, like, subscribe, all, the, all that good stuff. I don't know. We're, I feel like, I feel like uh, it started off hot. It started out, I did, started out good. I did feel like it started off. And on, on that note, I'm sorry to say, but the canteen is now closed. We'll see you. We'll see you in the next one. That's a wrap. See you guys.